Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Joe, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for having me. I like the prelude. Because <laughs> you, you didn't feel like your acting skills could care, you know, just t- take you to that level of how much I just, you care. I just want to make sure people know I'm sincere when I say that. I, there was there was real sincerity in that. Yeah. So great to great to be doing this uh, this week. We'll have the Yankee Minute and and we have our faux argument coming up. Um, but first, how, how about this? We we have a, we have a sponsor uh, for the podcast, which is staggers the mind. Really, if you, if you think about it, um, I, assume, I assume it's like an anti anxiety <laughs> drug that people can take when they. Uh, before they have to listen to us ramble about nonsense for 30 minutes it's even better it's even better than an anti-anxiety drug it's it's it'll help you it'll help your face is really the key uh we want to thank the dollar shave club uh for for sponsoring the podcast and and i have to say uh and and i mean this sincerely but by the way what what is your shaving technique i know that's a personal question to ask what what is your shaving technique it's to wait as long as I can, as many days as I can, until I begin to look uh, like a scary person. Yes. Then begrudgingly just shave as quickly as I possibly can, <laughs> and I do a terrible job, and I don't care because I hate I hate shaving. So maybe I need, maybe I need the Dollar Shave Club. Maybe I can glean something from this. Uh, you know, you you probably can glean something from this. I, I I have started using the Dollar Shave Club. First of all, I think everybody is aware of the commercials, which, which are very funny. Um, Shave, shaving is like ridiculously expensive. I, I don't know how it got that way. It's like coffee, I guess. I mean, like suddenly somebody decided, yeah, you know those little razors that they, we used to put in shaving shavers for free, apparently, um, now cost a billion, jillion dollars. So, uh, so they came up to the Dollar Shave Club. Everybody knows the deal. They they will send you. Uh, a whole month's worth of razors, which, by the way, is, is good information. You know exactly how often you can use it and how long you can use it. Month worth of razors for 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 a cup for dollars, and it, I guess it depends on what kind of razor you want to use. You want to use your Cadillac shaver, or whatever, or just a, more of a Yugo shaver, I guess. Uh, but it's all very affordable, and I've started doing it, and and I got to tell you, I love it. I love it. It just comes right to your door, and they're excellent razors. They're very cool. And I'm just like you. I don't. I don't like to shave. And I've got uh, my my girls are, are older than your kids, so I get like called on it constantly. Like, oh, are you never gonna shave again, ever, Dad? Because you look horrible. So they just flat <laughs> say that. So now I can't. Now I have no excuse. I've got the the, the razor and everything. It's very good. And they've got a special deal uh, as part of the podcast, where uh, if you go to dollarshaveclub.com slash podcast p-o-s-c-a-s-t you get your first month free so so michael you're doing that right all right all right i'll sign up sign up i mean Uh, i literally have nothing to lose it can't get worse than it is now (laughs) (laughs) and and it it, i'm not going to tell you it makes shaving fun because because nothing really does but uh they're good razors so it's quick Uh, that's all i really care about the the men in shaving commercials are so psyched to be shaving (laughs) That is, that's the part that I don't understand. They're so happy. They're like just staring at their handsome faces in the mirror and rubbing their cheeks like, oh, this is the best. You, you know, my favorite move of the commercials are is right after they shave where they kind of pinch their own cheeks like, oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's smooth. I've never done that. I, that's yeah. stupid. 
they also all have incredibly uh, attractive girlfriends or wives who then <laughs> sort of saunter into the bathroom and like they rub their cheeks like you did an amazing job shaving. I'm even more attracted to you now. <laughs> How often does that happen to you in your life? I mean, you know, twice a week, twice maybe. Twice a week, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say it's it gets boring after a while to have that happen. Yeah, to have your wife come in and just be like, ooh, you shaved so well. <laughs> I, I sort of feel like there's no commercial that does the opposite, which is what they should do, which is your wife going like, you're, you're disgusting. Just no, like, what it is, the reality would be your wife going, you going like, look, I shaved. And your wife is like, so what? Like, <laughs> yeah, great. What do you want? Do you want a prize for shaving? You want a medal? Hey, do you want to feel my face? No, no, no I don't. No, no, we've been married for 12 years. I know what your face feels like. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm sure the Dollar Shave Club appreciates the extra effort we put into this ad. Um, but I'll say it one more time. DollarShaveClub.com. Slash podcast. The fact that they put podcast in the in the URL is is awesome. Uh, and and right there, you just click a button and you get a month free. And then you you tell us you you tell well you Michael you tweet Michael how you feel about the Dollar Shave Club Razors <laughs> specifically him, not me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, let's talk. Let's do the Yankee Minute. We're gonna have to do it quick. This is we are, we are doing a quick podcast today. Uh, so Tess will play the Yankee Minute music. There we go. I, I think that this week's Yankee Minute should be focused on one player and one player alone, and, and that player is Billy Butler. Mm. Billy Butler, as you all know, uh, you know, was once a very good player uh, for the Kansas City Royals back when the Royals were really, really terrible. Uh, he was sort of their best player in many ways, best hitter. He was never a, a super great player. Always kind of a quirky character and all this. Then, then he laughed. The, the Royals, right before the Royals, Got good. He, they said, yeah, we don't need Billy Butler anymore. And the A's inexplicably gave him like a lot of money, which right. it, it just seemed like it's like they'd never read Moneyball, much less, you know, you know, been involved in it. Uh, and they brought him in and then they were like, wow, you know, Billy Butler's not that good a player. He doesn't really help us. And then he stopped hitting at all. And then they released him. They said, we, we'll just pay you whatever. Just go away. We don't even want you anymore. And the Yankees signed him. He is guaranteed to hit 10 home runs before the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Well, what did you actually predict? Someone asked us this question on Twitter. I, I predicted 430, 430 batting average right. uh, with nine homers in 16 games. That's That was my actual prediction. And uh, in game one, he did not – he didn't homer, but, but he did have two RBIs. And basically, uh, if, if it were not for sort of an inexplicable Yankee bullpen collapse and the Red Sox – Sort of going crazy in the ninth inning, he he would have he would have been the difference, and the Yankees would have beaten the Red Sox because of Billy Butler. Yeah, he had two RBIs in his first two at bats, and he one and one of the uh, I, my prediction I didn't predict actual slash stats or uh, or even counting stats. What I predicted was he will hit a home run to win a game. Like that's <laughs> that's usually how it works out with Yank with like castoffs from other teams who sign with the Yankees late in the year. At some point. They like pinch hit in the ninth inning and hit a walk off homer. So that's that's still my prediction. But certainly his statistics will his counting stats will be much higher than they have any right to be in the whatever you know twenty games he ends up playing with the team. And I have to I have to say though that you know the Yankee minute is usually just a, like a really sad uh, like 
you know, five minutes of us complaining about the Yankees. It is, it should be noted that like last night was the opposite of what usually happens before we do a Yankee minute, which is the Yankees had a big lead and then collapsed and blew it. And the Red Sox walked off on a Hanley Ramirez home run. I would love to believe that that is a harbinger of things to come for the rest of the year. I can't quite make myself believe it, but we should, when good things happen, we should acknowledge them in the Yankee minute. Oh, I agree. I agree. And not only did they do it, they did it (laughs) off of Batances. I mean, they did it off of who the, the one, I would say the one Yankee player on either side. I mean, obviously Gary Sanchez is sort of his own being, but the one guy who scares you on that team, he's like yeah. the one, I mean, you know, even, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, they've, they've got, they've got some decent, some good players and, and Tanaka is really a, a legit Cy Young candidate and all that, but you're not scared going up against Tanaka. You just know he's going to be good, but Batanza is like, that guy's going to embarrass, you know, he'll, he'll strike out the side in like nine pitches and, and they teed off on him. Yeah. There was a stat I read where the league was hitting like, I think about a hundred. About a hundred. Off his, off his, specifically off his breaking ball. His breaking ball is insane. He throws ninety-eight or hundred, but his that knuckle curve or whatever, oh. it's just ridiculous. And the league was hitting like I think a, around a hundred, and uh, Ortiz, Betts, and someone else uh, all got hits off of his breaking ball last night. Which it, it, it's probably simply, you know, they got rid of Miller and they got rid of Chapman. It's just overwork, probably yeah. right. It's like yeah. it's, he's having to. He's having to close out every game, and they they sometimes call on him for more than three out saves, and it's September, and he's probably tired. Like I, it's like a, the thing that you assumed was going to happen immediately may finally be happening, which is just they're just too thin in their bullpen, um, and and some at some other positions they can't quite get over the top. Uh, it is still insane to me that if you look at their lineup, I mean they they still have Didi Gregorius usually hitting cleanup or occasionally hitting cleanup. <laughs> You know, they like they they they. It's really all smoke and mirrors, and it theoretically possible. I hate to say this because I'm. I know again, I'm totally jinxing it, but it's theoretically possible that the smoke is clearing and the mirrors are cracking, and the the, the they won't quite make the playoffs. But the fact that they're anywhere close is just absurd. It's, it's absurd. Like, and yeah. and but I'll but I'll say this though. Okay, so so the Yankees go into the ninth inning uh, with a three run lead. And they say, okay, well, we're going to send out imaginary pitcher Tommy Lane yeah. to to finish the job. And then he, he they like, well, you know what? That's one one batter's enough for imaginary Tommy Lane. So then they bring in imaginary Blake Parker, who is totally imaginary. I mean, that's yeah. that guy doesn't. You know, well, he's, he's not totally imaginary. Blake Parker was the bad guy in a bunch of uh, John Hughes movies. He was like the preppy. <laughs> Rich kid that uh, the the girl finally realized was a jerk and left for you know John Cryer. That's John, a, that's who. So he's not totally imaginary. He's fictional. He's, he's fictional, but he's not imaginary. Okay, so, right. so Tommy Lane is imaginary. That's right. Uh, and Blake Parker and and Blake Parker they like no that's that's not gonna work. And so so they really did try to protect Batanzas and and here here's what's sort of delightful about yesterday's uh, game was that in trying to protect Batances, they sort of it, it's like it's like fates went, okay, you know what, we've given you this whole year. Just you're these guys are not good. You're not gonna be able to just sort of protect Batances. That's not gonna happen. 
Um, so you're going to have to use him. And not only are you going to have to use him, but all of the overwork that you've done before will wreck him. I mean, it was there was a there was a wonderful. Now they'll probably win ten in a row coming yeah. coming off of that. But that's there really right. was sort of a wonderful sense of okay, yeah, yeah, that's over now. That's <laughs> that's over, and it should be. It should be. I mean, look, they scored five runs, and and I I, I get that the the Red Sox pitching has been has been really troubled and, and Rodriguez is, you know, haven't, you know, it's been rough, but I'm sorry. You could play Stratomatic for 10 years with that line. If you can't score five runs in a game, <laughs> you, you can, you can, I mean, you'd have to hope that Gary Sanchez's card, you know, that like, like the season ends now. And so Gary Sanchez's card is like really, really great. Yeah. Um, but they hit Starlin Castro cleanup. That's Starlin Castro. Yeah. They hit him cleanup. That's right. And by the way, he got four hits. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's still amazing, but it is, it does feel like the air cleared just a little bit. I think that the wild card race in, in the American League is so nutty and wild and, and, and all that. I, I kind of tend to believe the Yankees are not going to be the ones that are going to win it. And they sort of feel like they're falling a little bit out of that, but it should never have been this close. And it's not well, over, by the way. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, the Yankees now are, are experiencing the, the fundamental problem with these kind of like, like you know, um, unlikely runs towards the end of the year, which is everything can go right for week after week after week after week. But, you know, if you're still even like you, you feel like you're whatever, two and a half, three and a half out of the race, one loss can just ruin everything. Yes, it really yes. and you and it. I, this is what the Red Sox went through multiple times in the late '90s and early 2000s. Is like you know they would close in and the lead would shrink and lead would shrink and they're like, oh, we're only five back, we're only four back. Then you lose two out of three and it's like oh the season's over. Like the the math just is not in your favor and that's why even though you know going into yesterday's game the Red Sox were like 96 percent to make the playoffs and the Yankees were like 43 percent. If the Yankees had won, it, they would have jumped to 57 percent and the Red Sox would have fallen to 72 percent or whatever. But when it goes the other way, now suddenly the odds the odds just aren't in your favor because it's just every loss it, is such a hit, especially when the teams that you're chasing win and when the Yankees are chasing like three or four other teams just to make it to the wild card. It's just very hard to overcome. You really have to win. You do have to win 9 out of 10 or 12 out of 15 or whatever. Um, so, you know, it, that, I, it's possible – that they won't make the playoffs. But again, just the fact that it's possible that they do is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> Which reminds me, what do you think about, we, we have sort of entered um, a world and you and I are both big, big statistics guys. And then especially with baseball, we, we love the, the advanced stuff and we, we love to, to talk about it and think about it. What do you think about sort of this general uh, thing that has gone across sports, but across life in general, where we now put, fairly specific percentages on like everything I, I think about it, I mean obviously this is most true like in politics like every day uh, I will go over to 538 uh, Nate Silver's site and see what the percentage is that that Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump is going to win the election uh, and it's ridiculous it's absolute because it, it shifts constantly I mean it's like yeah. oh you know I mean it's, it's like it cannot be like one person cannot be 88 percent likely to win it one day and then like three days later it's down to like 66 percent that meant that it was never 88 percent in the first place right I mean that's you know it's like this this shifting thing and obviously we do that with the playoffs I mean do you like it do you like watching the percentages go up and down 
Yeah, I find it very interesting. I mean, it, it's it, it's more. I find it comforting in in sports a little bit because, you know, when you grow up and you're a kid and you watch baseball, you have this feeling like anything is possible. Sure. You know, your team. So what? We're down five runs in the eighth. We still have a chance. You know, it ain't over till it's over. And it is somewhat comforting to know that there's, you know, with 162 games over hundreds of years now, or 100 plus years, you can say like, all right, well, we've got a 1% chance. Like, it's 1 in 100. That's a that's what it really is. Or, alternately, you can get to a point where your team is up by 2, and the first two guys get on in the ninth, and there's 1 out, and you start to have a nervous breakdown, and you're like, well, we're still 88% to win, or whatever. I do find it comforting. It It, it just sort of it puts a little bit of actual tangible perspective on the minute-by-minute experience of watching sports. And obviously, many people don't care, choose to ignore it or don't believe it or whatever. But I personally find it enjoyable. I love watching, you know, I love checking fan graphs, um, pro- you know, second-by-second probabilities to see when someone does something truly absurd, like hits a walk-off, you know, three-run homer when the team is down by two in the ninth inning on an 0-2 pitch with two outs. And it's like, well, that his team was, you know, only 20% to win, and then they went from 20% to 100% in one swing of the bat. So four-fifths of that win is credited to that one action. I love that stuff. I love sort of tracking it, and, and like, I love it when really unexpected and improbable things happen, and it's fun to know exactly how improbable it was. I agree. I mean, I agree when you, especially the kind of stuff you're talking about. You, you're talking about win probability added as a, as yeah. a statistic, uh, and you're talking about during a game. But I think there's a little bit different thing when you're talking about um, the percentages of a game or even the percentages of going into the playoffs compared to the percentages of things that, that you're really kind of you're 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 dealing with a lot of sort of you know moving parts and pieces that don't really fit together neatly like like we know from through the history of baseball and baseball is perfect for this because baseball is such a statistically driven game we know that if you're up two runs at the start of the of the ninth inning you're going to win 88% of the time or whatever the number is, 96% of the time. I don't even know what the number is. But but you're going to win that amount. And, you know, and, and so you your chances of coming back are 4% or 8% or whatever. That's cool. But I think stuff like, oh, what are the percentages that, that uh, Golden State's going to sign Kevin Durant? You know what I mean? I mean, th- <laughs> it feels like we've gone into that world where people throw, like I say, it's it sort of reminds me of like, the, the very, very specific fines that they give in football now, like the, the, the $24,836 fine they, they gave for that hit on Cam Newton last week, where it's sort of yeah. like, you're just making stuff up. Like, I mean, this is, you're, it sounds official and it sounds like you have this statistical thing in your head, but uh, unless it's baseball or, or, or even like a, even even in football, where I I think it's very very interesting the way they have the probability up and down, you're kind of just making this stuff up. I, I, anyway, that's how I feel. Sure, but any any mathematically inclined person or statistician would say that you're if you, you could make that fine twenty five thousand dollars, it's still you're just making it up. Like well, there's that's no true. That's there's true. no there's not necessarily a, a, any more rational explanation for a round number than there is for a made up number or, a, you know, an, an irrational number. And I, I have always assumed, I don't know this, 
But I've always assumed that when you see that number that, you know, that hit cost $18,206.40 or whatever, that it was because it was some kind of percentage of that player's weekly game check or something. Is that not the case? That's what I've always assumed. That might be right. I'm sure there's a reason for it. Uh, it just feels to me what what I like about and look, you're right. I mean, if you're finding the guy twenty five thousand dollars, it's the same thing, and it's also the same. It comes from the same place of you have no real no real logic necessarily behind it. But when you say, "Hey, I'm finding the guy twenty five thousand dollars," you're admitting that with the number. You're basically admitting like, "Yeah, it's about twenty five thousand dollars." If you're giving me a specific to the dollar and penny uh, fine. You're. It feels not. And and again, you're right. I mean, if it's if it's if it's a percentage, then then that's one thing. But generally, that feels like you're you're saying, yeah, we we've got a we've got an actuary that actually figures these things out. And and uh, I, like I said, I don't like I don't like fake precision. That's I guess that's what it comes down to. It's not the percentages, and it's not the the specifics. I think if you're going to be precise, you should have something to build that off of. Otherwise, you're just kind of making stuff up, and so I'm not a big fan of that. Well, yeah, and you know, you can use numbers any way you want to. Just as one example, just totally off the top of my head, without really thinking about it or having thought about it every day for the last two years, <laughs> if you if you have an equipment violation in a football game, okay, the rule book says you know fine of twenty five thousand dollars. It might be twenty five thousand dollars, or it might be a million dollars in a four game suspension. Like, you know, so, you know, would, numbers, would you, would you in the middle of that throw, like maybe like a, a lost draft pick in there? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> because again, it's hard to predict with numbers. It's hard to have a, a true logical consistency. So yeah, maybe throwing a lost draft pick and maybe a, a two year long investigation that brings shame and humiliation to your entire organization. Yeah, I mean that either one, that or twenty five or twenty five thousand dollars, whichever comes first. It's sort of like when you when you're driving, you're speeding. Uh, you're not speeding, but you're going through a work zone, and they'll show you the uh, speeding thing, and it'll say uh, up to eight hundred dollar fine or uh, three days in jail. You know, yeah. so it's it's sort of similar twenty five like, thousand yeah, dollars and all those other things. Three months in jail, like a five hundred dollar fine or like a year in jail, <laughs> and house is repossessed. <laughs> And uh, in two years of time go by where everyone looks terrible. I wish there was a real example that we could use to, to sort of express what you're talking about. But it would, it would never be that crazy. It would never though. be that crazy. It would never, yeah. it would, they'd never go like nuts like that. All right, we got about four minutes to do our faux argument. <laughs> the Yankee minute just became, just became the, the mathematical 26 minutes. Which I like much better than our faux <laughs> argument. Anyway, which is we're just predicting who's going to be in the Super Bowl and who's going to win it. That's it. So it really is a four-minute thing, uh, especially because you and I both know we have no idea what we're talking about. So um, we are predicting who is going to be in the Super Bowl. That's it. I don't know anything else and who's going to win it, and you start. Oh God! Really? <laughs> well, you could. Why don't you pick the? Uh, you do the AFC. How about that? I mean, one? even even by, um, you know, uh, stupid prediction standards, <laughs> it's like the idea of like of predicting who's going to be in the Super Bowl after one week is truly stupid. Oh, it's right? stupid. Like, sure, it is. I mean, there, there's no like there. There's really the Lions look like legitimate Super Bowl contenders <laughs> after one week, right? So like. There's there's absolutely no possibility that either of us has any idea who's going to be the Super Bowl none, at all, none. right? That's what makes uh, it great. 
Yeah, it, it it's truly a truly a worthless endeavor. What we're doing right now, just deeply, deeply worthless and stupid. I will say that based on week one, which is nothing, right? I'm going to predict the Steelers are the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. Wow, still like they're yeah, their offense looked so good, and they have so many weapons on offense. They have they they are they're so fluid. They Ben Roethlisberger still like is impossible to tackle and throws a great deep ball and all that stuff. And for lack of any other, you know, rationale, I'll just say that they looked so good. I'll predict they scored five touchdowns. Like they were maybe, I think they may be the only team that scored five touchdowns. Oh, the lions did. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So Steelers, I'm going to say Steelers lions. There's my super. (laughs) Steelers. I I think that's, I think Steelers are, are very good. I was, I was going to obviously, Pick the Browns, sure. Uh, until RG three got hurt, that, that yeah, that's tough. That's that, it. That's hard to overcome. That. That's hard to overcome. That it's hard to overcome RG three getting hurt. Um, so I, I like your Steelers. I'll tell you who I'm going to pick in the AFC, and and I would absolutely you talk about being ridiculously, uh, ridiculously, you know, pushed by week one. I think Denver's going back to the Super Bowl. And and the reason I think Denver's going back to the Super Bowl is I, I just don't think that they need a quarterback to go to the Super Bowl. I, I think, you know, that their their defense is so mean. They, they remind me a lot of that Ravens team. Yeah. You know, I mean, there obviously have been a lot of great defenses, and that Ravens team is is not necessarily the best example of, of just being a great defense. But – they're mean and and ruthless and will hurt people a lot like that Ravens team did. And then that Ravens team had no quarterback either. Um, they remind me so much of that. They did it already last year. Uh, I, I just assumed they were going to take a pretty good tumble, and they still might because even though they didn't have good quarterback play last year, there was there was a sense of, of you know there was you you had a you had a veteran back there and then you know it was sort of you, you were going to figure out how to make it work i i don't think it matters I, I i'm a huge huge quarterback guy in general i just generally do not believe you can win a super bowl without a quarterback um but well, I, they, the thing is they did last year they did I mean, they did they were the the craziest stat probably in the history of the super bowl is that they were one of 14 on third down in the Super Bowl and won. I mean, that that is so unlikely. Think about how good your defense has to be when you convert one third down the entire game and they still won the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, that, that they they last year they won the Super Bowl, and it's weird to say this because it's Peyton Manning, one of the three greatest quarterbacks of all time. They had a terrible quarterback in that game. They had a truly, in fact, all year – even when Osweiler was sort of replacement level or maybe slightly better, uh, Payne Manning was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league last year. And and he was definitely the worst quarterback in the playoffs, and they sailed to victory. And (laughs) it's not like it was super easy all the time, but he was one of 14 converting third downs in the Super Bowl and won. So you're probably right. That's probably a better bet than the Steelers or any other team. I just think, yeah, that defense. All right, what about the NFC? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with this. I'm picking the lions. I love it. I love it. I'm going to pick green Bay. Um, basically because I just, I'm always surprised they don't go to the Super Bowl, and they yeah. don't, they haven't gone obviously in a few years and, and, and have sort of 
exited kind of ignominiously, you know, the last, the last bit, but I don't know. I, whenever I watch Aaron Rodgers play, I just, I, I don't, I don't really understand why they don't score on every single possession. I just, yeah. you know, I mean, he's, he's just that good and, and, uh, and still in the prime of his career and all of that. And they seem to have some other pieces put together. I think it's going to be green Bay and Denver, which is, you know, I guess repeat of the, the 98 one, I guess I don't One of them, um, yeah. you're going to put the, uh, you're going to put the Steelers and the, and the lions, which I believe is a repeat of the 1931. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. I guess. How about the lions? I'll take one second to talk about the lions. Cause I think that would be great if the lions actually went to the super bowl. I think that'd be awesome. Um, how can an organization be that bad for that long? It, it does not seem possible. Well, you're a Browns fan, buddy. So I am, but the Browns had to leave. Look, and the Browns went, I will say, and in my team's defense, which is horrifying because they're so bad, um, they went to three AFC championship games. I mean, the, the Lions have never been to anything, anything. They're right. They have not been to an NFC championship game in their entire history. Yeah, I mean, they, they're not good. They haven't been good forever. I will say that I think Matt Stafford is a pretty great quarterback. I do too. I, I agree. I feel like he's an underrated quarterback. It also would be kind of funny and ironic if they made a playoff run the year after their best problem, arguably, except for Barry Sanders, the best offensive player they've ever had yeah. decided to retire. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, they beat the Colts on the road. The Colts are a are a problematic team. The Colts are a mess, um, and so it's and they won by four. So it's not like they they don't actually look good. I don't actually think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. But who knows? I mean, look, they 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 play in a division with Green Bay, so that's at least one loss and probably two. But like the Bears aren't really any good, right? They play the Rams this year. They play the Eagles at home. They next week they have Tennessee at home. It's a, it's theoretically possible. That they are four and two after their first six games, and you know there was a thing on five thirty eight the other week about how like it's you know with a short season teams that start four and two like win and whatever it is an average of ten games a year yeah. if they start four and two you know who knows maybe they sneak into the playoffs and make a run it would be very funny if to me and ironic if they somehow made the playoffs the year after Charles Johnson retires and then actually like you know got lucky. <laughs> Which can totally think, happen. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great. All right. So, and then you're obviously picking the Lions to win the Super Bowl. I mean, there's oh no, yeah, oh no going point. away. If you're I going know, all I, the way. Lions, Lions over the Steelers, forty nine to ten. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll pick Green Bay. That I, that that was as worthless as we thought it was going to be. Oh, every bit. Yeah, <laughs> every bit. All right, we're cutting it off here. Uh, so, thank you for uh, for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> 